0: All right, let's uh, turn the Word of God to 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1, and uh, we'll continue there. Remember last week we uh, started a look at the book of 1 John, and we need we did verses 1 through 4, so let's read uh, verses uh, 5 through 7, 1 John chapter 1, and we'll read verses 5 through 7, say this in the Word of God, this then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Let's pray again. Father, again, we just uh, praise you and worship you. And Lord, we're so uh, glad that you're a God of mercy and grace. And Lord, I'm glad that you'll never uh, leave us never forsake us. Lord, I'm glad, dear God, that right now you're here and right now you're working and right now you're doing and right now you're worthy. and Right now you're good and merciful and right now you're altogether lovely. And right now you do with all things well. Lord, I'm glad that you're our fortress, you're our buckler, you're our shield, you're our strong and mighty tower, and you're the lifting up of our head. Lord, you're all that we need. Lord, I pray for each one that's here. I pray for each one that's listening. Lord, I pray even uh, for those that are on the road, dear God. I pray that you'd bless each one today, you'd help each one, Lord, you'd work in every heart. God, you know uh, who needs to be saved, Lord, you just know who needs to, uh, to be touched and strengthened, Lord, you know who needs wisdom, you know who needs guidance about an important decision, uh, Lord, you know our, our physical needs, financial needs. Lord, we thank you for uh, watching over Sister Carpenter as he, she was in surgery, We thank you that Sister Pitt's sister's doing better and continue to touch uh, her uh, brother-in-law. And uh, Lord, we pray uh, for those that have uh, experienced, uh, uh, Lord, the passing of loved ones recently. We pray you continue to be with uh, Don and uh, the Thomases. Uh, Lord, we pray you'd be with the Wood family. We pray for Brother Bolt and his family. Lord, I'm so glad, uh, dear God, that we can lean on you and abide in you. And Lord, trust in you in times like these. So uh, give those what they need at this time. And, uh, uh, Lord, uh, again, uh, dear God, if there's somebody here listening that's not saved, God, we ask you to uh, convict that heart and open that heart and draw that one unto you. We think of those that have been uh, witnessed to, the tracts that have been given out, the seed that's been sown uh, faithfully by your people. Uh, Dear God, we pray that you bring forth the increase to thy glory. Now, again, uh, help us to grow through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, just a little review here, a couple things that we mentioned last week as we, again, uh, introduced uh, the book of First John. Of course, we know it was written by the same John that wrote the Gospel of John. So he, you know, Big John, Three Little Johns, man, as they're called. Again, then the book of Revelation. And again, it was written around uh, A.D. 50. I believe it was written around A.D. 50. And again, uh, remember the focus of this book Again, John is writing again. We focus on what we called uh, the third generation. Remember, uh, 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 Peter and Paul and uh, uh, John and those, again, they were from the first generation. They got to see Jesus uh, face-to-face, and as, as he mentions in the first uh, uh, parts of this uh, uh, book here about getting to see Jesus face-to-face, and, uh, of course, uh, uh, as, as happens Uh, by the third generation, as we mentioned, faith and faithfulness were slacking. And so uh, they need to be reminded that uh, uh, they needed a fresh stirring and reminder that Christ in their generation and to remind us in our generation that today Jesus Christ is as real, Jesus Christ is as close, and Jesus Christ is as intimate as he was then for the first generation, amen? He he wants to be just as close to us and we can see and we can feel and uh, we can touch, amen? Maybe we can't touch him, if you will, but we can feel his touch, amen? Okay, aren't you glad you can say since you've been saved that you felt his touch, amen, Uh, in your life? And so we need to realize that. And uh, also, uh, as you uh, go through this book, you see that uh, John touches on uh, at least uh, uh, four important areas for the child of God, Four important areas of the child of God, you'll see that he speaks about uh, in these chapters. Again, one, he warns believers concerning indifference to morality and indifference to sin. Well, we never want to uh, become indifferent. Uh, like we talked about Job, it said he is shoot evil, right? And we want to do that in our generation. And then he admonishes believers concerning a love, Right? All right, about uh, that we're not supposed to love the things of the world, but we're supposed to love the things, uh, we're supposed to love Christ and the things that bring honor and glory uh, to Christ and things that He loves. And then John, of course, teaches us the importance of the believer, of course, in in exhibiting a pure and righteous love towards one another, right? Uh, We're supposed to love one another, and that's mentioned in this book. And then, of course, and lastly, he reveals that a true faith in Christ as the Son of God, right? He emphasizes that He is the Son of God and uh, that that is the foundation on which all Christianity is based. Now, we see in this verse, these uh, verses, again, that God is light. Verse five, this then is the message that we've heard of Him and declaring to you that God is light. And as light, as we'll see in these verses, He provides the light that we need, amen, on a daily basis, For our daily walk and uh, the joy of our journey, right? We're on a journey from here to glory, amen? (laughs) We're on a journey from here to glory. And uh, uh, the, the joy of that journey is found as we walk in that light, as we walk in that light and enjoy consistent, there's an important word, consistent fellowship in the Lord and with our Lord. That's what we want, consistent fellowship. So as we look at that thought that God is light, God's word is clear, amen, that God is light and Jesus Christ is the light. And speaking of glory, uh, let's read about that. Uh, turn over to Revelation chapter 21 and uh, uh, look at a couple verses here talking about him being the light, Genesis 21, and we'll begin in verse 9, say this, I'm oh, sorry, Revelation 21. Revelation 21, not the beginning, but the end of the Bible. Revelation 21, verse 9 says, Revelation 21, 9, And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Boy, that's good stuff right there. And he carried me away, verse 10, in the spirit. He carried me away in the spirit. You know, that verse says in Corinthians, right? He hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Amen. God reveals things by his spirit. Says he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory. Verse 11, having the glory of God. And notice the statement. And her light was like unto a stone most precious even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Now it mentions her light, but let's see the source of her light. Jump down to verse 23 of Revelation 21. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. Why? For the glory of God did lighten it. And look at this. And the Lamb is the light thereof. The Lamb is the light thereof. Boy, there's a lot of things in that Lamb, amen? Boy, there's a lot of things you can learn about the Lamb of God. We know He's the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, but He's also the Lamb of God that lights up heaven, amen, with all of His glory. And you know what? He lights up heaven, but you know what? He also wants to light up your life, amen, in a good way. So I'm going to light you up. No, he says he means that in a good way, right? Amen. He wants to light up your life and light up your path. So notice again, verse five, he has he gave us a message. He gave us a message. Verse five, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, right, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Praise God, amen. We don't have to stay in the darkness. We don't have to walk in darkness because God is light. And notice how that verse ends. There is what? No darkness at all. No darkness at all. No, not even one speck of darkness in our God, in our beloved Savior. Matter of fact, Jesus said this in John eight twelve. Then spake Jesus again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Now look at that. Hey, he's the light of heaven. And he's the light of the world. Boy, he's the only real light in this world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Hey, we know we live in a dark world. Hey, man, this world is dark and it's full of sin and it's full of wickedness. Hey, but just because this world's full of sin, he says, hey, you don't have to walk in that. You might be surrounded by it, but you don't have to walk in it. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. And boy, he, though we know he lights up all of heaven. Amen. Amen. He is here to light your path and say, here, is the, here is the way, walk ye in it. Shall not walk in darkness, but it goes on to say, I shall have what? The light of life, the light of life. Well, that's an important statement there. Let's look at uh, some other verses that talk about the light. Turn over to John chapter one. And it's amazing how uh, uh, John chapter one and first John chapter one, uh, how much they go together. And I I, I love these uh, verses. Of course, I say that almost every time because I just love the Word of God. Amen. Uh, John chapter 1, and here's some wonderful verses. We get in verse 4. Of course, we know the first few verses talk about, you know, uh, Jesus being the Word and being God. Then it says this in John chapter 1, verse 4. In him was life. Notice that. In him was life. Look at this. And the life. Was the light of men? Well, I I use that verse a lot when I witness to people. When I talk to people, I use that. That that is a great verse to use, especially hey, when you talk to uh, atheists. I believe that verse proves right there that a man can't be an atheist. A man cannot be an atheist. Well, I'll come back to that because notice what goes on to say, verse five: and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, look at this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Now, look at verse eight. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. You realize, hey, listen, John the Baptist, he had a message from God. And what was that message from God? That God is light. Amen. That God is light. And it says. uh, So listen, we have the same message and ministry uh, as as uh, uh, John the Baptist. Right. And so uh, up front here we have Judy the Baptist. Right. Right. You call yourself that. Right. Amen. He was a Baptist. Aren't you glad. Well, we understand that. But it says we have the same message. But we got to remember, we're not that light. As I've mentioned before, hey, when do, when do preachers get in trouble? When do Christians get in trouble? When they start thinking they're the light. Hey, we're not the light, but thank God we have the privilege to bear witness of the light, the Lord Jesus Christ. And look at verse 9. That was the true light, here it is again, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Boy, verse 4 And verse 9 are great verses for witnessing. Look at them together. And the life, look at this, was the light of men. And look at verse 9. The light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And right there, that is why a man can't be an atheist. Remember, the Bible doesn't say uh, if a man believe in his heart, there is no God. It says if he says in his heart, there is no God. I don't think a man can really believe that. Because there's that, that, that little, there's always that space, that God space, if you will, in the heart, that gap that only God can feel, like that song we just sang, right, <laughs> which my heart did crave, right? There's that part in you that craves something real that only God can feel, and it tells you, hey, there's something real out there. So you can try to say it to yourself. They can try to convince themselves, but they can't believe it because they can't close that gap in their heart. The only thing they can close that gap, amen, is the source of that light. Is the source of that light, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so He put that light in every man. Boy, that that, that what did Calvinists do with that, with that verse? It says He lighteth every man. He tasted death for every man. Boy, how do you get away from that? And so he lighted every man that come there So every man has that in his heart that there's something real, amen, that he needs to connect with. So here's what we need to understand. So every man, God gave every man just enough light to condemn him. But then he needs to get to the point where he gets enough light to convert him. He's got enough light in there just to condemn him, to say, hey, there's something real That I need to connect with. But hey, he doesn't have enough light to convert him. So that's why he needs the gospel. So he can get enough light to convert him. But there's enough light to condemn him. Right. He gave man a conscience. And so Jesus Christ is the light and uh, he likes to shine. You know, a, a, a diamond doesn't shine in the dark, right, women? <laughs> a diamond doesn't shine in the dark. So that's why women love to put their diamond in the bright light. Amen. Oh, oh let me see your, you know how it is. Oh, let me see a ring. Let me see your ring. They like to put their ring out in the light so that light can shine through it. And they like to watch everybody go ooh and ah, right, as, there, as that light shines through their diamond. Amen. We like to, we like to ooh, ooh and ah all over that. But you know what? Christ loves to shine through his children. Christ loves to shine through His children, and man, if we ooh and all about light shining through the diamond, (laughs) we need to ooh and all about the light shining through the soul and shining through the life of people. Oh man, look what God did in that life. Oh, look how that life was changed. Oh, I'm so glad that you're saved. We need to ooh and all about the light shining through uh, of Jesus Christ shining through people's lives. That's something to get uh, excited about. Ephesians five out five eight says. For ye were sometimes darkness. You see, we were in darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. And you know what? Walk as children of light. That's the challenge. We're challenged. Amen. God is light. We're saved. So we're children of light. And now we have the responsibility to walk accordingly. And that's what we are challenged to in these verses. So uh, he gave us a message and that message that God is light, amen, and you can come to him and you can be part of that. And then he gave us, in verse seven, we see he gave us a place. Look at verse seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Boy, he's he's, he's got a place. You know, God's got a place for you. I like that. Uh, 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 when when uh, Moses asked to see the glory of God, what did God say? He said, I've carved out a place for you, amen, <laughs> in the cleft of the rock. Will you stand right there and I'm going to come by? You know, God has carved out a place for you to walk with him in his light. He's got a place. He says, "As you, just like when you're walking with your kid, your grandkids or kids, you stand right here. Yeah, you stay right here. That's the place I want you to be." Amen. I want you to stay right here by me. And God has given you a place next to him in the light. You know, I enjoy uh, uh, going on walks in nice places with friends and family. You know, uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, the other night we went uh, uh, walking, uh, walking with uh, some of our children and grandchildren, and uh, 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 we like walking over on Furman and other, other places. We enjoy walking. Boy, but what better place is there to walk, what better friend and family is there than Jesus to walk with him? And it says when we do that, when we walk with him, When we walk in the light that he has provided, amen, in the path that he has provided, what happens? We have fellowship one with another. Like that song says, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me, I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. An amazing thing happens when we're right there where we should be in him and with him. What what happens when we do that? It says, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Thank God for the blood that is always working on our behalf. You know, that blood right now, what is that blood doing right now? Hey, that blood, again, it's just as alive, it's just as active as the day that God shed it. It's alive, amen? Amen. They're, just like the song we sing, there's still power in the blood. That's not just a good song. That's a good truth. That's a good doctrine that the blood, amen, is still active on our behalf. And what it do? It's keeping us clean, right? That word cleanses means to purify from the pollution and guilt of sin. That's part of what keeps us saved, what keeps me continually clean, amen, uh, the continual working of of the blood of Jesus Christ, Hebrews 9:12 says, "But by his own blood he entered in once in the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us." Hebrews 9:14. How much more shall the blood of Christ? Look at this. Who through the eternal Spirit. Not only did Christ offer himself through the eternal spirit, he was full of the Holy Spirit. I believe his blood uh, was full of the spirit. That's why it's alive. Offered himself without spot to God. To what? To purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hebrews 9, 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. That word remission means to release one's sins from the sinner. Listen, a person's sins cannot be released from them, amen, without the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important to emphasize the blood of Jesus Christ. Never be afraid to talk about the blood of Jesus Christ. Never make light of the blood of Jesus Christ, amen. We always, amen, want to be. When to emphasize the cleansing. Listen, God only has one cleansing agent. Why well, I use that sometimes when I witness, you know, I, you know, people say, well, I say, well, hey, uh, 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 you know, when people talk about what they believe, I say, well, what's your cleansing agent? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, what washed away your sin? Well, uh, uh, I said, well, you know, God only has one cleansing agent, the blood of Jesus Christ. That is God's only cleansing agent, the blood. And we want to make much of it. Now you say, well, how does the blood cleanse our sin? How does the blood cleanse our sin? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses our sin. But you know what else I don't know? I don't know how water quenches my thirst, but it does. (laughs) I don't know how water quenches my thirst, but it does. And just like I know the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses. And I'm glad, you know what? I'm glad I don't understand that. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel bad because there's things in the Bible I don't understand. Right now, there's some things I could understand, maybe studying a little bit more, but there's just some things I'm never going to understand. I don't understand how God uh, was robed in flesh and walked among us. I don't, and I don't understand how the blood cleanses us. But I'm glad I know it's true because the Bible tell, told me so. Amen. The Bible told me so. And I believe the word of God. So we know that it's so the blood is working right now on your behalf if you're saved. Now, I love that song that says, what sins are you talking about? And it cleanses from all unrighteous. Romans 4, 6 says this, even as David also ascribed the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without work, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord, look at this, will not impute sin. Do you realize it's not that you don't sin? It's just that when you sin, he doesn't impute that sin to you. That's an amazing thing. Listen, uh, uh, we've all sinned since we got saved. But how are we still saved? Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all righteousness. How are we still saved? Amen. Because when we when we sin, he doesn't impute that sin to us. That we remember that that's an accounting word. It means to put the account of, it's not that we don't sin. It's just that when we do, he doesn't put that to our account. He puts that to the account of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Just like uh, Paul said about Philemon, put that to my if he oweth the ought, don't put that on his account. That's what he that's what he he, he told Philemon. He says, if, if if Onesimus owe you ought, don't put it on his account. Don't impute that to him. He said, put that on me, Paul said. And that's what Christ says. He says, he says, Oh man, I know Stuart messed up. That I man, that kid been saved almost 35 years. He still can't get nothing right. But you know what? He's still saved. He's still righteous. Amen. He's still clean because all that foolishness, amen, that I keep trying to straighten out in him, it goes to my account. Boy, what a wonderful thought uh, about that, and that's the truth. Blessed. So you're blessed today. Amen. You're saved. You're clean, and you're blessed. Because all those mistakes, the sins, whatever that you did this week, amen, Jesus said, put those on my account. And he covered them and took care of them with his blood. So you see, I am able to follow him, right? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And so I'm able to follow him. I'm able to fellowship with him because of the power of the blood and his finished work. That is why I can stay in fellowship. That's why I can continually follow and I can continually fellowship because of the finished work and the blood of Jesus Christ. But we need to remember this, as we mentioned last week. Fellowship can be broken, but sonship can't. Here, here, here's, here's an amazing, amazing thing. Because of the blood... And the finished work of Jesus Christ, amen, we're always accepted, right? We're accepted in the beloved. And here's the amazing thing. We've all, is there anybody that didn't mess up this week? Am I the only one? We've all met. Listen, and it's the first day of the week. I'm sure I did something this morning. I'm sure I blew it already this morning. But here's the amazing truth of the word of God. We're always accepted, even though we're not always acceptable. That's the grace of God. Amen? Hey, I, I, I wish I could always, listen, I cannot not say I'm always acceptable, but I can save through the truth of the Word of God and the finished work of Jesus Christ in the blood that I'm always accepted in the beloved. See, it's all him. Amen? He gets the honor. He gets the glory. So I wish I was acceptable more often, but despite me, because of him, amen, I'm always accepted. Thank God for that. And so thank God that, amen, He gave us a message that He's light. He gave us a place that we can walk by Him in that light. But thank God if we're not where we should be this morning, He gave us a means. Something very interesting here before we we get to to verse 9. Remember when we looked at verses 1 through 4? We said, you know, when you, when you study something, look for the word that repeats itself. What was the word that repeated itself in verses 1 through 4? That. Remember? Uh, that which is from uh, the beginning. Uh, that which I have seen and heard. Right? That eternal life. So in verses 1 through 4, we kept seeing the word that. And notice what you see repeated in uh, in, verses, in these verses. Look at verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him. Notice that statement, verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with Him. And then notice verse 8, if we say that we have no sin. And then notice verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned. You see, uh, these verses make it plain that we say, just because we say something means nothing if we don't possess Oh, you can say this, you know, and you know what a lot, I talk to a lot of people and they say a lot of things, but it's not what you, uh, 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 just what you say, amen, right? Your, your talk, this is what these verses tell us. Listen, does your talk line up with your walk? <laughs> you, just because you say these things doesn't mean a thing before God. Words, the only words that mean anything to God are his words and words that line up with his words. But just because you say something, he says, hey, well, you can say this, but if I don't see this, it doesn't mean a thing to me. So if we say, if we say, listen, it doesn't mean a thing if we don't possess. But thank God, verse 7 and 9 tell us how to make sure our walk and our talk line up. So he says in verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if if we walk, you see... We have In three verses, we have what we say. Then verses seven and nine tell us what? If we do this, we'll be all right. If we walk in the light and see the light, then we have fellowship, right? Not just talk, but if we walk in the right place. And then verse nine says, if we confess, because again, what we say must line up with what he said. What we say only means something if it lines up with what he said. And if you look at these verses, Notice the words in these verses. You see the word sin and the word sins. You see singular and plural. You see the word sin and sins in these verses. Now remember, God is light. God is light. And light cannot be defiled. Light cannot be defiled, right? But light can reveal defilement. Light reveals. God's in the revealing business. Truth reveals. A door reveals. He's the door. It reveals. And light reveals. So the light can't be defiled. It can reveal defilement. And that's what Jesus Christ does in the light of his word, right? The entrance of thy words giveth light, and it shines upon our heart and shows us what we are in ourselves. So God, through his light, reveals our sin and reveals our sins, Again, sin has to do with our condition. We are sinners. People come to this world sinners. And sins has to do with our conduct. You see, our actions are based upon our conditions. You see, sin is what we are. That's the root. Sin is what we do. That's the fruit, right? And the reason you see that fruit. Because of our root, we are sin. That's what people need to understand, right? The reason you have bad fruit is because you have a bad root, it's sin. It all flows from that. So so you to, to, to change our fruit, you have to change the root, amen? You have to be replanted. So when our condition changes... Our actions should change. So if somebody's actions haven't changed, it's hard for me to believe their condition has changed. If they're bearing the same fruit, I have to assume they have the same root. (laughs) But if I see different fruit, right, the fruits of the Spirit, then I have to assume they have a different root, right? They have a different, the the Jesus, right, John 15, right, Uh, 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 that is flowing uh, through them. So uh, verse 10 says... If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So people need to realize if you don't admit you have sinned, you can't be saved. If you don't admit that you have sinned, you can't be saved. You know, you know what Calvinists do with that? You know I told you that one time that that Calvinist wanted to wanted to argue with me. He said, "Well, if I take a bucket of water and throw it on you like salvation was just something God God threw on you," he said. You guys try to act like it's a gift. I'm like, well, we, we do have a place we get that from, man. <laughs> right? We do have some verses from verses, some verses for that. And so you do have to admit you are a sinner. To be saved, because if, you, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We are not saved and cannot be saved. Mark two seventeen. Jesus said this. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, they that are whole need not a physician. Oh, well, you're whole, you haven't sinned, oh man, okay. But they that are sick, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Oh, I'm a sinner, I'm wicked, I'm guilty. Hey, you're just the type of person Jesus is looking for, amen? Jesus has been looking for you. You know, boy, when somebody drops their head, say, Oh, man, I don't deserve, I'm just like the uh, uh, the publican, amen, in that story. That, hey, listen, friend. You are who Jesus is looking for today. If you realize you're guilty, if you realize that you deserve nothing but to die and go to hell and you deserve the judgment of God because of the life you've lived, let me tell you, uh, uh, listen, uh, don't be discouraged. Maybe be discouraged of what you've done, but be encouraged by what you can do. Amen. You can get forgiven of all that. And you can come to the Lord uh, uh, Jesus Christ. Again, verse nine. I mean, does it get any clearer for that? If. You see, there's a stipulation. We confess our sins. The Bible says, He that confesses and forsaketh. You see, it's not just lip service. Confesses and forsaketh. If a man, what? Believe with his heart and confess with his mouth. You know, there are some <laughs> stipulations there uh, uh, in, in the Word of God. It's easy to believe, but it's not easy to believe-ism. Amen? There is a difference. But if we confess our sins, look at this. He's what? He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It says he's faithful and just. That word just refers to the one who acts according to justice and right without any deficiency or failure. He's just, amen? He's the judge and he will apply what's right to your case, amen? And he's faithful, That is what God is. What is God? God is faithful, and he's faithful to his promises, faithful to what is right, and it is right for him to forgive you. You know, it's right for him to forgive you, stipulation based on the merits of the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's not right for him to forgive you because of anything you are or anything you've done, but it's right. He's faithful, and he's just to forgive you Right. He's justified to forgive you based upon the shed blood and the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's how he's justified in forgiving you because of what Jesus Christ has done on your behalf. Boy, what a what a what a wonderful thought this is that hey you can be saved and once you're saved you can stay saved amen uh, because God is light amen and He'll direct you and guide you and the blood of Jesus Christ is continually. Working on your behalf. Amen. Not just, hey, thank God for what the blood did the day you got saved, but it's continue. Just like Jesus is continually making intercession for you. And the blood of Jesus Christ, there's so many things working on your behalf, amen. You couldn't get lost if you wanted to, amen. And even if you do, say he says, but yet he cannot deny himself. I mean, even if you get so messed up, amen, he says, because you are he's in you, he says he can't. denote. I don't care what they say. That's my child. That's my child. And what a beautiful thing. I mean, there's so much in these verses. Uh, we'll, we'll stop there. But I ask you this morning, the Bible says, again, in verse five, this then is the message. So we've seen clearly in these verses, there's a message. And I ask you, friend, are you being faithful to declare the message? And then I ask you, have you believed? the message have you put your trust in Jesus Christ and then I ask you this this morning do your walk and your talk line up again if if, if we say if we say if we say but again in you know, all the first he says if we say he said but you know what that means nothing your talk means nothing if your walk doesn't line up with it so I ask you this morning does your walk and your talk line up and then I ask uh, finish with this. Do you need? Is there anything you need to confess this morning? If you're not saved, amen, I hope you'll come and confess your need for salvation through Jesus Christ. And if you are saved and there's some uh, uh, things that have sort of affected not your sonship, but have affected your fellowship, I pray that you'll come and confess those today. But, oh, boy, all these verses just remind us what a wonderful Savior that we have. A wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. Amen. He's the light. He's there to to guide you. Amen. And to light the way for you to walk in. He wants to enjoy fellowship with you. Amen. And he wants to help you every step of the way. So, hey, you say, amen, but is the reality there? I pray that it is. Let's pray.